Last time on Knights of the Roll Table, the party traveled to the island of Velocia to the Mountain Temple of Shimmercross. They quickly located the first missing knight, Kali, who led them into the mysterious temple which held an artifact he was sent to retrieve. They made their way through several obstacles, including a complex series of locks, a puzzle of senses, and some riddles, some better than others. Then, they had to fight several awakened trees while solving another puzzle to escape the last chamber with the Luminite. Narrowly surviving, they all teleported back to Glorn to prepare for their next rescue mission. Two days have gone by. Kali, the Aarakocra monk, was able to give a little synopsis of what he had learned about uh, the Luminite and its properties and thanked you all profusely and, and uh, for helping in his journey and his mission. And one of the sorcerers that you were with, Gunak, was able to transport him back to the realm of Oakheart where the head knight was waiting for him uh, to uh, hear his report. With uh, You were able to get some rest that night after going through quite a few ups and downs and close calls, so all of you can credit yourself with a long rest. Woohoo! And had a nice breakfast and um, kind of casually... Uh, took some time to regroup yourself and kind of uh, adapt to the the place and you are all staying in your sort of magical rooms that 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 change to what environment and setting that you want them to to change to if you wanted to have them be the same as the night before you could or you could uh, make them slightly different if you wanted them to does anybody change their room to something different no that's the thing about doing something classic is it never goes out of style darling Excellent. Mine was the barracks. That didn't seem very right to Igneous the first night. So after talking to uh, Theo about Theo, I think Theo's was something about like his kind of like childhood home or something like that reminded Igneous about his childhood home. So it's now kind of like this little one room hut that mm. has like a cooking hearth and some places to lay down. Yeah. But that's it. Hey, um, does uh, anybody have any um, books that um, I might be able to have from you to uh, buy? I ain't got no books, but maybe some of these fancy wizard folks tend to have some books, scrolls. I mean, I have a novel, but I'm not sure it would be your speed. Oh, do you think uh, Raffaella would like it? I mean... I don't know. She might. Uh, it's she pulls out of her bag um, this kind of tattered uh, book that uh, definitely has a bare-chested orc with long hair um, oh. and a oh, okay. small like nymph clutching to his chest called uh, Huxtable's Choice. 
Huxtable's Choice. This is an interesting book. Where do you where did you find a book like this? Oh, you know, it was just one of my favorites that we had around the archives uh, back home. And, um, you know, when you're out on the road and alone, it's just nice to have a little bit of whimsy and distraction. That's all. But, uh, you know, given the way things are shaping up, maybe maybe this will help Nadra things with you and Rafaela uh, in the right direction. Oh, well, I just hope she likes it. I, uh, you know, I don't know much about gifts and giving them or anything. Do you think she'd like it? I mean, no woman would be unwise enough to answer that question for another. It's, it's ultimately just up to her. Okay. Well, why don't I read a passage from it? <laughs> okay. Hmm. Theo, do you have much experience in the ways of women or, or relationships in general, uh, specifically of the romantic variety? Because perhaps you might want to read this book before uh, giving it to Raffaella, and maybe you'll learn a thing or two. So this this book has what women like in it and how they want men to behave? <laughs> it's like a guidebook? I mean, if, you don't have to take it quite so literally, but but maybe perhaps look at it for some inspiration. Okay. Hmm. This is the stuff that women like? I mean, I didn't say all women, but... Okay, well, us. I think I do have a lot to learn then. Maybe I'll give it a, a quick read-through. <laughs> we have tangented so far. I wrote a book. Do you want to read my book? No. <laughs> I'm scared oh, yeah. but intrigued. You wrote a yeah. book, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Writing books is easy. Look. Th- this she is op- all over breakfast, by the way. <laughs> she opens up a book and it's just the word rock written on pages about a hundred <laughs> over and over and over. But, <laughs> but look, look. Right before the end, I wrote sock <laughs> instead of rock. Eh? Oh, a twist. Yeah, yeah. it up. Twist ending. Rocket. Has anybody else written a book? Uh, I have my journal, but it is private and you cannot read it. That's fine. Are, are there rocks in it? Anyways, uh, have we decided our next course of action? Well, uh, today we got to uh, go try rescuing another one of those knights, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you'd like. Uh, you see Boone float in, kind of float in behind, and he's using one of his rays to teleport a plate of morning buns, like kind of like a, a sweet bread. And he's uh, using the levitate spell or, or telekinesis uh, with a ray with one of his eye stalks. And, so like, and, he's, and he's kind of talking at the same time. He puts it down on the table. He says, if you'd like, I can go over what your options are again. Uh, yes, Boone, I'm afraid uh, we had a, ba- a bit of a jarring journey in our last little leg of this, this little adventure, so uh, a oh. recap would do nicely. Oh, no problem. I'll, I'll go over that with you. No problem. So the remaining possibilities of places you could go are you could go to Heaven's Breath, which is in Kesarim, sort of the one of the southern hemisphere. Uh, that's going to be a uh, a place where one of the Pluon Kedokar 
was last uh, sent. He's a turtle. And another place is in Shivermore. It's a place known only as Coldguard. And it's uh, very cold. So uh, there's two knights that were sent there on an escort mission. And then there's Cyrano, who's a tiefling warlock. He was uh, sent to the swamps uh, in Lothlorien within the Zolar Spiral. And he says that, and, he, and some of you kind of recognize that as a place kind of above Red Basin. It's sort of closer to where some of you have spent some of your days. Um, it's it's still kind of its own continent, if you will, but but um, it, it's closer to your part of the world that you have resided in. Uh, and there's also this um, human assassin guy named XX Bloody Heart that was last reported near Boulder Bell in the United King's realm. And Deidre, that's a place that you recognize as a place near where your family had a summer home in mm-hmm. in the United King's realm. I think we could wait on that one a little bit, dears. <laughs> Sounds like a bit much. <laughs> the last place is in the Sunless Jungle in Ogjahar. It's um, south of Vineward, and it's a very dense, dark jungle. Uh, and I don't even know the name of the knight that was there, but because it was like a secret mission. Since there are two knights imperiled in Shivermore, I say we go there. Yes, that seems practical. Must bolster our ranks. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. You're very smart. Oh, Thank I meant to you, ask... friend Boone. I meant to ask, how, uh, how were those items that we gave you last time? Did they work out okay? Oh, Miss Deidre, did you like your cloak? Uh, yes, darling, although we weren't exactly, um, stealthy on this last run, so, um, I'm hoping perhaps it'll serve me better in the future. Sure, sure, okay. Alright, oh, you know what? I totally forgot to mention last time, um, I can help you out too. Oh, yeah? Oh. Oh, how so? Well, um, see, I've been working on, a lot of people think that beholders are all bad, and... Most of them are, but since I'm different, I've been trying to focus my my powers on doing something better so I can use my my rays. And he kind of like wiggles his eye stalks and his eyes kind of blink and then all these different like 10 different eyes sort of look in different directions. And one of them kind of looks at each one of you and he says, I can use my powers to give you a, a some sort of an extra bonus for the day. Oh, that would be quite nice, friend Boone. What Most kind of, of the bonus? time it works. Oh. Does it ever go wrong? Well, the the thing is, I don't know exactly what you're going to get until you get it. But if you wanted me to try, I'd be happy to try. You can try on me. Melvin, like... Oh, all right. Gets up okay. and, like... Um, can you stand up, face. please? Yeah, yeah, Melvin put, stands up, puts on a brave face. Let's right. do this. Melvin, I need you to roll a d10. 10. 10. All right. You can cast the slow spell on one creature, but it only makes them move slow. They can still talk normal. Cool. Oh, thank you. And, and- you just kind of know that this ability, and it does not cost a spell slot. It's a it's a free awesome. single single cast for one day of the slow spell. 
Well, thank you, my friend. I will make good use of this. He kind of floats close to you and he says, Do you feel different? Oh, indeed. Oh, good. Oh, good. It worked. <laughs> Anyone else? Yeah, I'll have a go. Oh, all right. Uh, and one of his central eye stalks kind of sparkles for a bit and it, it sort of shimmers in pink. And uh, go ahead and roll a d10. Four. <laughs> kind of mm-hmm. hits you with this pink ray and you kind of shimmer for a second. <laughs> you, Igneous, have a single cast of Otto's Irresistible Dance, but it's only to polka music. <laughs> okay, so having been, had been hit by a pink ray, what is Igneous's sudden understanding? <laughs> Does he just like know in his mind, like, oh, I feel... I'm hearing polka music. I feel <laughs> empowered. You, you, you feel you feel like you have this power. It's kind of like you have this jolt of caffeine. And you're like, I feel like I, I can. I know I can cast a spell. I know what it is. It's a single use. So and you you get this like, <laughs> but you don't know why. You're like, oh, this is a weird music. Um, so you just kind of get this sense of I think I could do this, but I'd have to. It's more of a defensive maneuver, like a distraction maneuver. So that will make someone else dance to polka music if I so choose, if I feel inspired, basically? Yes. Sweet. Perfect. That's exactly what I was hoping for. Does he have to provide his own polka music, or does it automatically come with the spell? Okay. (laughs) Okay, great. (laughs) Test it in the field. Yep. That that you don't know. Oh, uh, anyone else? Hey, boom! You got any yeah. sort of de-aging ray? <laughs> Tired of being. I forward. can try. I can try. Do it. Do it. Okay. Uh, roll a d10. Six. Six. Okay. A blue eye stalk from the left side of Boone kind of shimmers and goes. Bzz, bzz, bzz. <laughs> and uh, it sort of flickers for a second and then shoots out this beam at you and you kind of float in the air for a second and then kind of float back down. And Yenny, you feel this aura of of healing about you and you you get the sense of you feel very generous and and almost protective of your friends and you can cast mass cure wounds once in order to make it happen. You have to sing. And our legal department is telling us that whatever you sing has to be license free. I mean, it's <laughs> yes, obviously yes. going to be. Yes, thank uh, you, Knights, Knights of the Roll Table Legal Department. It's going to be something polka related. Uh, <laughs> once that starts happening. It might be. So probably a Weird Al song. Oh, <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. So uh, um, how about you, Mr. Theo or Miss Deidre? Oh, uh, yeah, that that'd be great. I didn't think anything bad happened for anybody else so i'll okay. go ahead and and give it to whirl all right uh go ahead and roll a d10 nine nine all right he uh, he kind of thinks real hard and all of the eyes squint at the same time and one of them on the right side kind of uh turns black and then it turns green and it turns black green black green black green, black green and it kind of shoots out at you right in the temple and it goes 
it's like getting hit by a ping pong ball and be like, ah, uh, but all of a sudden you have this clarity of yes, animals, animals could be anyone. Anyone could be animals. And you get this great sense that, um, as a Druid, you call on animals and now you're like, I think I can make anyone else some other animal. So you mm. actually have the ability one time to cast polymorph on someone else, but you're not quite sure that you can make it into any animal. Okay. That's all, that's all I'm going to leave you with. Okay, great. Perfect. You just know you can cast polymorph. Uh, awesome. Won't have to use a spell slot for it. Yeah. Oh, how do you feel? Oh, I, I'm real good. Uh, I, I think that I have some extra power. Thank you, yeah. Boone. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. And he kind of, all the eyes kind of shift towards Deidre. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, it's all pretty right. good, Deidre. All right, Boone, do do the thing. All right, uh, and go ahead and roll a d10. Five. A single, smaller than some of the other eyes, shoots out at you, and these this kind of glittery pearlescent ray uh, uh, kind of floats around you. It sort of arcs around your shoulders and and kind of uh, tingles into your shoulder blades. And you get a sense of like, oh, okay. And you float up for a second and then float back down. And you can cast fly on yourself once. Oh, my. Oh, no weird conditions on that one. Okay. Well, there are, but um, oh. when you when you do it, I will tell you. You can never come uh, back down. That sounds great. <laughs> you have to sing "Fly" by Sugar Ray. The whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you're gonna steal all the the, the gems from Chris's plan? <laughs> that wasn't it, but maybe it should be. <laughs> all around the world. Statues crumble, crumble for, for me. me. Who knows? Who knows? Guys, legal department is on the phone right now. <laughs> They're on the phone. Thank you, Boone. So Boone kind of nods and, and the eyes sort of look uh, around at all of you. And and at that point, um, Raffaella comes back in and, and says, well, I... Trust that all of you have had a, a nice breakfast and you're ready to go. I'm uh, I'm on teleportation circle duty today, so I will be the one to send you to your next destination. Have you chosen where you want to go, please? Oh, yes, uh, we have. Thank you. Uh, uh, thank you again uh, very much. We're just uh, having such a good time uh, serving you. I, I mean, serving everybody by... Uh, you specifically serving us breakfast yes. and um, uh, yes, we're uh, ready to go. Shiver Moon. Yes. A place with two. Of course. All right. Well, let's go to the Grumble Gate. So you follow Raffaella down the, lar the long, dark passageway into the organic shifting tunnels and uh, everybody make a um, everybody make a nature check again for me. It's the second time you've gone into the Grumble Gate as it gets deeper and deeper. 18. 18. 9. 15. 12. Nat 20. Oh! Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
Which gives you a what? Yenny with the 20. A 20. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so, excellent. Excellent. So, Deidre and Yenny, this is the second time you've gone down here, and you don't know exactly what this tunnel system is, but you definitely, both of you definitely get the sense that this is not a uh, earthen tunnel. Um, having uh, Deidre, you've done enough studying and books and uh, of of biology and anatomy and your studies and sciences and then what's known, you know, from um, you know medical examination books and stuff that you are curious about and things like that. Um, growing up in a sophisticated education, you know that you you kind of see these these pillars on the side of this huge cavern and and uh these these veins along the side and you're like those kind of look like capillaries and and you 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 get the sense that this is you're inside of something that either is or was alive and uh yenny you going one step further with a natural 20 you know that this is definitely some sort of beast bestial thing and it is massive it, it is huge and when you get into the main cavern you're like this is a chest cavity i've cut open several beasts before and i know what the inside of a chest looks like those are ribs um and this is this is a pretty big thing you don't know what it is but it's it's enormous uh could i could i ask a small follow-up question sure just as far as like odor or smell of the place it's it doesn't like smell humid or kind of like alive right like it kind of just it's, it's kind of like stale smelling yeah, it, it, there's a there's a there's a dry dampness there is a dampness in the air but it's not um you don't see like uh lungs going up and down or anything like that it's it's not um it seems cavernous and it it seems like you know the first time you were just like wow this is a weird looking cave but now you're like this is not just a cave. It doesn't seem alive, or at least it's not giving you the sense that it's moving in a living entity kind of way. Right. Right. Okay. But that the air is kind of damp and and has has a not not really a bad smell, but it's there's there's some kind of a a weird lingering protein. odor. Yeah, protein. It smells like protein. <laughs> yeah, like it smells like uncooked meat. <laughs> Kind of that iron taste, a little bit of blood in the air. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Which which you probably like. <laughs> which Yeti is into. And you're like, mm, yeah, the smell of blood in the air. All right. All right. So Raffaella takes you over to in between some of these these large pillars, these kind of ivory pillars on the side, and she starts casting, uh, moving her draconic arms around in this kind of shimmering as we get down there i'm gonna be like hey rafaela uh remember remind me when i get back she to, stops uh, casting it's like this takes a I'm lot sorry, of just, concentration i know i just that's that's what reminded me remind me when we get back remind me to thank theo uh for just everything he did for us last time we were out there and he was so just, thank your friend theo the one right there no i just want to i, I want to do something special for him he was just so he's just so amazing such a good guy and he looks out for his sheep and he just like 
you got to see him out in the field. He's just very impressive, just confident, does what he wants. He's healing us instead of healing himself. He's just really right. impressive. I was wondering if maybe maybe we could do something nice for him later. I, thought, I just thought it would be good, assuming we all, we all survive. <sighs> Sorry, you go back to your thing. It's just uh, on my mind. Okay. Um, I, I mean, we have some provisions. We might be able to make a... Make some bread. Uh, That'd be great. He likes bread. He likes bread. It goes. With, he makes cheese. Did you know he makes cheese? It's really good cheese, and it would go perfect cheese. with bread. Hmm. Yeah. Yes, cheese and bread. Sure, I, that sounds delicious. Yeah. And he, she looks over at Theo, kind of with a quizzical like. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> All right. I give him like a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> Wingman. All right. Uh, so Raffaella goes. All right, and then goes back to casting, and she, she's she's a she's a, a larger you know dragonborn. She's got thick trunks of, of arms, and you know she's kind of this gold. Yeah, I know. Stocky, I noticed. Uh, humanoid, and and she's her her. Her spikes on the side of her jaw just kind of like frill out a little bit and she starts going full oh boy. And then uh, you see this kind of light blue gate uh, open up. All right, now's the time. Good luck. And it opens up. Melbourne says, let's go and jumps through. Well, not like jumps, but like steps through. Yes, you jump through, and the rest of you jump through? Yeah, yep. absolutely. Yep. And as we go, Theo will kind of be like, thank you, okay, and like bowing and like kind of like backing up, like, oh, so great, thank you, uh, goodbye, and like steps I through. I reach back through and grab him. Too much! <laughs> oh. And and Theo, we kind of follow your point of view, and you're like, oh, and you feel your, your face and your body stretch very thin, like, and everybody gets pulled and you're it's like that scene where you're kind of like your eyes are kind of and you feel this tightness and and but at the same time your heart gets a kind of starts beating a little faster because you feel like you might have made a connection there and then all of a sudden you land boom uh on hard icy ground that's the sting of small ice particles in the air hits you and a a shift of wind (sighs) braces against your your face and all of you uh kind of realize you are not where you were before in fact you are in a completely different part of the world you are in now in shivermore which is in the southern part of the world and all around you, you see ice and sort of a blue light. Uh, it's not quite daytime and not quite nighttime, but sort of in between the twilight. About a hundred feet in front of you, you see a single figure amidst the falling snow and sleet and ice windy uh, air that's blowing across. It's a little hard to see beyond that. Your your vision is is obscured, but you see a single figure clad in a cloak of of a uh, of cloth and hide and it's just standing there melvin's gonna call out hold there can hello and he'll wave <laughs> they're facing you and it's got a hood up 
with with a lot of fur around the face and it's a little hard it's kind of hard to tell what's beneath the fur but uh it just it's you see it kind of pull up a long spear stands fast does it look like it wants to attack it's not moving it's just kind of but with the spear did it seem like a threatening gesture or just like no, no, a... it's just it's just it just turned to you and is holding a spear straight up vertically Right. Melbourne's gonna walk over, like hand hands up, like not, yeah. You're crunching in the snow, walking closer. It doesn't. It's not moving at all. They're not moving. They're just. And as you get close, you see very heavily furred and covered up, and kind of ready for this weather where you all are not as much. And you come closer to this figure, and you notice a green and pale gray orc and uh, it it uh, looks at you and he says state your business oh uh hello there um we are seeking some uh friends of ours a uh a half elf and a halfling have you seen them Are you here to compete? Are you here to watch? Um, we are here to find our friends. What's the, uh, what's the prize for competing? Are you, you, did you approach too? Yes. Once we send Melvin and it seems safe, he doesn't get stabbed. I'll walk on up. Yeah, I think, I think we, I would too. (laughs) All right. So the rest of you come on up and you, you hear this like, competing or or watching and he says he kind of looks at you and he sniffs you a little bit (laughs) i sniff him back (laughs) you sniff him back he's like seems polite (sighs) and he kind of looks to his left and you notice from the left almost nothing at first but then through the haze of the ice and the wind several more figures uh, shadowy at first and then Three, seven, ten, and then to the right, the rest of you uh, notice about ten more figures come forward, and they're all kind of clad in this fur, and and um, some of them have some armor, some have spears, some of them have like long blades, uh, some of them have like jagged edges, uh, ice knives, pickaxes, various. Not the best condition, but um, sort of the the dregs of a weapon barrel. And they're all kind of coming up surrounding you a little bit. And they're like, people only come here for two reasons. To compete or to watch. Is there a fee to watch? A cost? Only if you're bitten. Uh, if, if we're bitten... Betting that no, you go bet, bet oh, on betting. that competition. Oh, sorry. It's uh, the wind is quite loud. Hard to understand. All right, but is there a prize if we compete and we win? Yeah, there's a prize. What's that usually? It depends on how many people place bets. Oh, it's like a cut of the winnings. I'm not good with math. I'll just okay. take people. All right. 
You still haven't answered the question of what kind of competition this is. Is it? Yeah, we're actually new to the area. Combat, uh, feats of skill, intellect, juggling. Do we have to cook something? We're actually a rather well-known uh, clown troupe, so if it's entertainment-based, uh, we won't be able to do that. He kind of looks back at one of the other orcs, and in orc, he he speaks to them and says, "Should we take him to the master?" He goes, and I believe, yep, uh, Theo speaks orc because he is one. Uh, he hears that. He hears, "Should we take him to the master?" Would Yenny also understand that? I don't know. Do you speak orc? Uh, Yenny does indeed speak orcish. Yeah. So yes. So both of you understand that. And the other one says, "Yeah, let's take him." Yes, I'm a guy. The grayish green orc with the spear that Melbourne's talking to says, "Follow me." Oh, perhaps he will take us to our friends. Let's go. And so, the, the rest of you, the, the rest of them that are surrounding you, kind of just like, "All right, let's go." Like they, they kind of just nudge you forward. Like that, you can tell that they're kind of uh, begrudgingly part of this outer garrison that that waits for people or, or guards or something like that. But they're they're not, they're probably not paid that well. They're just kind of like, "All right, come on, like <laughs> we don't want to fight you. Just just come on, let's walk," you know. Melbourne is going to try to strike up a conversation with the okay. the green gray one. T- tell me, uh, what's your name? I'm I am Melbourne Gelrod. Who are you? Make a, char- a charisma check uh, with disadvantage because it's windy and and <laughs> there's a lot going on. Just straight charisma. Yep. Okay. Uh, ten. He ignores you. Melvin just gives one of the, like, looks over his shoulder at everyone else and just gives a shrug. A lovely weather. So where are we going? No response. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, as you're walking, you walk for about three minutes, four minutes, but you see, you see kind of a faint dispersal of light in the distance, like flame torches, but way out. So little flickers. And there, there's a couple, couple more of them, like like a distant light on the horizon, as if it, through the twilight darkness. Um, and and then the storm starts to subside a little bit, and you notice as you get closer, and the visibility gets a little bit better. And Melbourne is continuing, like, uh, "What do you do here for a living?" And he's like, "Any children?" Yeah, yeah, he's just they're just not responding at all. Um, And as you get closer, uh, you start seeing these structures, these little domes and huts and and uh, construct buildings. Um, Some seem made of 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 ice. Some are made of rudimentary materials. Some are made of maybe some sort of mud combination or or metal kind of shantytown kind of a construct and and they and there's a one big central mound uh, almost like a mountain or a hill that's in the center that's got ice spires with spikes sticking up on the side and and then there's several uh, beyond that on the other side what looks like uh, uh, seating like 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 stands that that people could sit on um, stumps and ice blocks and carved out steps um, 
several sections of them. So the orcs that are surrounding you um, all lead you to this massive uh, uh, mound of ice and 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 uh, snow in the middle of uh, kind of a, a small hill uh, that has a, a, a cavern door in the middle of it, and they uh, kind of come to a stop. And the gray greenish one says, kind of motions you inside. Says, you can go in. I go in. Okay, okay. Melbourne first. Let's go, guys. <laughs> the five of you go in. Again, if he's not immediately stabbed, we'll follow. <laughs> it doesn't seem to be. As Melbourne walks in, he sees a... Uh, a blue lit interior with round round exterior walls and in the center there's about a six foot high platform with a uh, wooden chair which is actually pretty nice it's kind of ornately carved and sitting in the chair is a pale man a male humanoid with uh, white hair that's pulled back and he has um, almost white, if not albino, skin. Um, he's wearing a dark crimson um, vest, but over that, he's got this kind of tattered yellow fur across uh, his shoulders, around his shoulders. So he has kind of puffy, furry shoulders. And you see, as the rest of you walk in, you can't help noticing he's got these uh, gleaming red ruby eyes. And he says to you, Ah, we have visitors. Hey there, it's time for some announcements. This is Chris Daly, your DM for Season 5 and your D&D Inhuman Resources Representative. On every episode this season, I've been mentioning tools that are great to use for DMs and players. And this week, we're going to talk about a resource for the players, but DMs could probably use it too. This is a table and list site called jsigvard.com. jsigvard.com. Well, it's not very catchy, but it has a lot of good resources, so bear with me. There's a lot of random tables and lists out there, but if you can find a hub of several really great ones, it's even better. This one has great searchable tables of spells, feats, conditions, racial traits, monsters, weapons, class info, magic items, and a really cool point by calculator. You can also add your own like filters to better search the tables and lists. But my favorite thing is this tab called This Is My Life. And it's a backstory generator based on race, class, background, charisma score, and age. And this is a great little tool for those of you who have little trouble improvising your backstory, or if you're just kind of strapped for time for someone's NPC. So that's J-S-I-G-V-A-R-D.com. It's got to come up with a better name, okay? J. Sigvard. <laughs> uh, it's got a lot of good content, though. Hey, if you like our podcast, and we hope you do, Head to your podcast app of choice. Mine is Apple Podcasts. Yours might be Spotify. Maybe it's Pandora. Maybe it's Podbean. Maybe it's some other podcast app. But whatever it is, 
we would love to see a five-star review left by you. And you know what? If you leave us a five-star review, you're going to be our best friend. Think about that when you're leaving a review and we'd love to read comments. In fact, if you leave a comment, uh, we'll probably read it on these announcements. I, I would love to read it. And you can even say, hey, you should read this in an English accent. And maybe I will read it in an English accent. Or maybe I'll read it as gravely, you know. Um, so that was not gravely's voice. But um, you get the idea. If you like playing D&D and need some character art, consider checking out my Patreon called Dungeon Heads. I've created a library of characters that grows each week with more variations Check my stuff out at patreon.com slash dungeonheads. And you can find me on all social media at dungeonheads as well. A lot of the music for the podcast comes from our friends Arcane Anthems and a new resource called Tabletop Audio. Both have a Patreon and both are amazing at what they do. So check them out. Hey, we know we are not the only tabletop RPG D&D actual play podcast out there. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being part of the amazing audience and community and don't forget to go out and make life an adventure ah hello uh, I am Melvin Gelrod, and these are my fellow traveling companions. Uh, who who might you be? And uh, behind you, several of the orcs have come in. Not all of them, but just a few. They they each kind of stand behind you, a couple feet back. And um, the the orc that what what led you here says, "You are in the presence of his master, the brilliant Victor von Schnell." Are you the overseer of these games? Perhaps you could illuminate us as to what is going on here, my good sir. Yes, what my friend Frank hasn't taught you is that I welcome you all. Thank you, Frank. That will be all. I will handle it from here. Thank you, Frank. It was lovely meeting you, Frank. It turns around. And you see next to this this gentleman, he's on a six foot tall platform and next to him at the same eye level is this 12 foot tall giant of a man, blue skin, white hair, um, holding a very large mace that uh, is to his uh, right. He's he's wearing some uh, dense armor, partially maybe made of ice, maybe made of some sort of metal. And um, he says, now, Stegman, it's okay. We are welcoming our guests here. Yes, I am Victor von Schnell. Welcome to Cold Guards. What brings you here? We are seeking two of our friends, a half-elf and a halfling, that have gone missing in your lands. Have you perhaps seen them? <laughs> if you are referring to the two knights, I'm assuming it makes... You also probably members of the knights as well. Yes, I have seen them. In fact, I know where they are. Oh, wonderful. If you could just direct us, we will take them and be on our way. First, you must answer a question. Of course. 
Are you here to compete? Or are you here to watch? Alright, we're here to compete. Yeah, I want to compete. It sounds more fun. Well, good, because watching would not get your friends back. Then compete well, it is! You could have led with that, but alright. I'm a bit of a betting man. Uh, I have no interest in coin. What I gamble in is lives. Your friends came here, and they wanted to shut down my operation. They sensed something wrong with a bunch of people trying to have a good time. I can't have that, so they are imprisoned. Well, I will release them to you unharmed, but only if one of you wins the race. Oh, it's a race now? I'm sorry, it's a race? <laughs> yes, I have constructed here for the last 112 years a tournament that happens once a month. It is the, the blood race, I like to call it. It has a nice ring to it, don't you think? Not just because it is you're playing for blood, but also because it gets quite violent. And also because I am a vampire. It seems to be sort of on point. I'll get it. Yeah, that's funny. Yes, I like that. I, I have a question. Uh, uh, are you... Please, Victor. Uh, Victor, are you one or two? I don't quite understand the question. Yeah, I didn't follow that either. Yeah, well, questions like that aren't very fun, are they? Wouldn't it be better if I, like, told you what one and two represented in that situation? Or would you feel like it's okay to just pick arbitrarily? You see where I'm going with this, Victor. <laughs> what is your name, fiery oh, one? Oh, boy. Igneous. Oh, boy. And you are not from this plane, based on your demeanor and... Your accent is not familiar. Now, plane of fire. You see how straightforward that answer is? This isn't really easy. We're having a lock of parlance here. It goes a lot smoother. He kind of looks at you really deeply and... Now, he doesn't necessarily represent everybody in the group either. <laughs> uh, Igneous, go ahead and make a wisdom saving throw. While all this is happening, uh, Melvin is just going to have his shield ready in case... Anything okay. looks like it's gonna attack Igneous or anyone else in the party, so we sure. can. Fourteen for wisdom save. Fourteen. Uh, more than that if Melvin is nearby. Well, that's true. He I is. would be nearby. So that's plus four. Eighteen. Yeah, it's a ten foot radius. Okay, so you feel you feel kind of like when you're looking at at Victor von Schnell, you you feel. Well, I could tell this guy anything, but no, wait, <laughs> no. What do we? I don't. Tell him everything. Okay, not now. I mean, he is not as dreamy as I thought. He is very interesting, but maybe I'll I'll keep some information to myself. (laughs) I've never, never been in the presence of one as fire as you. As you can see, I prefer the cold, and the frigid temperature goes well with the type of company I like. So, if I were to dine with you. I don't know if it would 
sit well with my stomach. But your friends might be a little bit more of my taste. Because cause you're a vampire? Yes, but you see, vampires, we get a bad rep. Uh, we don't always art about the biting and the drinking yeah. of blood. I like sport. I like competition. That's why right. I started these games. And people come down to watch. They like to bet. Uh, I don't enjoy the coin. I have no need for it. Uh, I get I get brought uh, my meals, you know, from, from the Outland... Um, uh, Stegman takes care of that. Stegman. <laughs> Stegman, it's all right. I have I have eaten recently. It's nothing we have to worry about now. So, you want information? Well, we want our friends, and we'd like to return with them, and uh, that's what we want. What what could we so do? So I you? will make you a deal. Right. Each of you will participate in the race, the game. If one of you is able to win, then I will release your friends. If none of you win, then you will be part of my my racing games until you are able to win your freedom. How does this deal sound to you? Well, we still know, like, not very much of what we're talking about. Like, if one of us wins, do we all go free with our friends, or is there some sort of, like, I own the rest of your souls? Stegman, bring them to me to eat. I am not into souls. Listen, that's 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 demonic business of souls is uh, very messy stuff. I don't like to do that. I, I am just make things very clear uh, if you win you get to have your friends back what if you do not what what sorry to interrupt what kind of race is this exactly are it's the foot race are we uh are the rules how does it work i'm in let's just do it excellent let's all go outside stegman I feel like knowing the rules would be useful. <laughs> it's easier if I show you what your choices of transportation are. Can we? Oh, this, oh good. We're going to pod race. <laughs> Can we huddle up? Be like wacky races. Can we just huddle up for one minute before we head out there? <laughs> As you say that, this large frost giant Stegman comes Oop. up behind you and he starts going. <laughs> and right. without even like getting a choice, he just picks you up. Okay. <laughs> just kind of pushes okay. you. <laughs> His hands are as big as your body is, and he, he just kind of uh, snow plows you out the door, <laughs> and he like bends over and kind of pushes, and you're just like, Whoa. <laughs> what? sorry, what's your hands you hear, there? You hear Victor, you hear Victor. He's like, sorry, Stegman is a bit uh, hands on. He is very excited about racing. <laughs> um, so all of you get pushed out, and uh, Victor kind of walks in front of you, and he's. Uh, if you will follow me, please, I will introduce you to your competition as well as uh, your choice of mounts. And he takes you over to another building. This one's a little bit more rectangular. It's very wide. There are several uh, partitions in between, about 10 feet uh, in between each wooden post. And you he- you start hearing all of these sounds. No. <laughs> <laughs> Theo, you pick you pick up on a couple of these sounds. They sound 
kind of familiar to you as being oh, somewhat yeah. of, mm-hmm. of of uh, studying beasts and whatnot. <clears throat> and you see a, a menagerie of different kinds of animals and creatures and, and, and different types of Arctic uh, Arctic denizens uh, that, that are all kinds of different types of animals. So two of you will be on the team. Well, I guess one of you will have to sit out, but um, two of you will, will be on the mount. There will be one of two roles that you will play. You can either be a driver or you can be a scrapper. The driver will control the speed and the direction of your mount. The scrapper will be defense as well as offense from the other teams as they try to dismount you and knock you off or possibly cause harm. Whoever wins is the one who finishes the finish line first. That is how races go, you see. Yeah, thanks for being straightforward. And the now, fifth I member not... of our party, could could we perhaps team up with one of our friends who you previously captured? No, they are not on the menu uh, of one of the options. Uh, but let me introduce you to who he will be competing against. Uh, and he kind of gestures you to this sort of uh, mounting ground of, of different competitors and you see uh, a couple different people in various uh, furs and armor. Um, so the first two that you see, uh, there are these humans. They, they look like humans, but they're very raw and, and um, uh, large, thick men. Uh, they, they have long blonde beards and, and horns for helmets. And they're just kind of like, ah, and banging their heads together like, <laughs> kind of like really <laughs> revving themselves up and they have this big uh, six six footed six legged um, white reptilian creature that every time it opens its mouth this blue glow kind of goes <laughs> and um, some of you recognize this uh, if you want to make a nature check four nine twenty one 21. Okay. Three. Three. Okay. So, Deidre, this is, again, this comes from your studies. Uh, you're kind of like, oh, yes, interesting. Uh, creatures of the North. This is a frost salamander. Oh. Igneous, even though you rolled a four, I'm going to say you don't know what this is, but it sure looks like one of them salamanders from the fire plane, but different. <laughs> He's probably very uncomfortable about that. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> in fact, this whole place is making you a little bit edgy and like, I don't like that. Uh, this is not fire. This is the opposite of that. Uh, okay. Next to them, there are two red goblins. Um, you haven't seen red goblins before, but these are red goblins. Uh, and they are, they have this uh, kind of mangy looking, but, but, but gentle and sweet looking St. Bernard. It is definitely a dog <laughs> with one of those oh. little barrels around its neck and it's just going yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, so uh, Victor Victor uh, with the first two is this, yes these are br- um, brothers Boars and Niels. Uh, they are riding a white salamander and uh, next to them we have our goblin brothers. Uh, they are Drivel and Snook 
and you can see they are riding a dog. It is a Saint Bernard. It is a member of the canine family. It is a dog. And, uh, oh, next to them, we have two members of uh, a very interesting race. They are Githzerai. They are normally ride flying vehicles of some kind. This is Vicken and Delphini. And you see these very interesting bald. One of them's wearing kind of a fur cap, a female and a male. Their noses are kind of upturned with pointy uh, ears and very exotic looking armor, um, thin and gangly uh, arms and legs. And they kind of look at you with kind of a a haughty like nod, like, "Mm, yes, interesting competition. Mm -hmm. And then to the right of them, he introduces, uh, he says, and uh, the last one over there is, um, well, he is a single rider. He um, he just he just goes by the dark racer, which I don't like. I don't like. He's actually new to this, and I keep telling him he has to have a partner. And he, you can see he's he's he has a horse, like a like a white albino horse. He kind of looks over this this person who's wearing light blue armor and a dark mask and a green velour cloak, which some of you recognize as like an elven make, and. Uh, behind the dark mask, he has uh, long blonde hair pulled back, braided in some places. He, the, this this figure looks at you and stops and, and freezes and, and kind of makes his way over to your party. And he's in a full mask and you can just see his eyes. He, he comes up right to Deidre. He says, it's interesting seeing you so far north. I'm sorry, good sir, we met. Well, no, we haven't. But I suppose there's a time for everything. He lifts up his mask, and beneath his mask you see a a tan skin um, elf. He's got this, you know, his long blonde hair. He's a he's a high elf. He's uh, also kind of seems to be um, of a higher bred nature. And he says, "My name is." Xavian Corthalis. Deidre Selenka. I'm your fiance. <coughs> oh. Mm. 